Hey guys, we are the Let's Talk 20s podcast. I am your host, Tanner. I am one of the co-hosts, Connor. And I'm your other co-host, GT. Guys, this podcast is centered around common themes that people in their 20s may be going through, whether it's anxiety, depression, other mental health things, relationships, and so much more. It's all about things that we're all going through together. We may think we're going through it individually, but the point of this podcast is bringing light to things that we're all going through together. We can't wait for you guys to hear about our thoughts with this. We upload weekly episodes every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. sharp. So please tune into that if you'd like to hear the episodes. We also all come together every week for a different topic, and we each share our perspective on that three times a week. So please look forward to those as well. And you guys can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts at Let's Talk 20s Podcast. We look forward to seeing you guys soon. And with that being said, please enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the Let's Talk 20s podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in to yet another one. I'm with my two co-hosts and best friends, as usual, GT and Connor. Fellas, how are we doing tonight so far? Great. Let's, I'm ready, dude. Let's get it. Great as well. Let's get into it. Excited to talk to you guys. Always look forward to this every week. Well, I kind of brought up how you guys are two of my best friends because the topic for this week is discussing toxicity and friendships, and you guys are both extremely toxic. So with that being said, I kind of want to talk about some of the themes that are associated with this episode. For the episode, Toxicity and Friendships, we're kind of talking about attachment styles, uh, communication within these friendships, how loyalty and toxic traits can play a role in this and cutting off people and drifting apart from individuals that may be toxic in your life. So there's a lot of great stuff in this episode. Before we dive into the episode itself, I just want you guys to kind of briefly talk about this topic individually. What what are your thoughts on this topic when you first read it? Oh, man, I think of personal friendships I've had that are now gone because of things that have happened and the growth and learning from things that people have done that they just exuberated or exhibited and it's now I now know to look out for that and to be cautious and wary. Yeah. Being wary is a good answer and a good way to think about it when you've experienced it. I just recently had somebody who has been a toxic friend try to reach out to me to reconnect again. So this topic has been on the forefront of my mind and I was very glad to see it pop up uh, for this week's schedule. So it is, it's definitely something that is going to happen to you. You can't avoid it. All you can control is your reaction and what you value in friendships. You can't control what other people value and what other people do in friendships. You gotta, you gotta worry about you with what is important to you with the friendships. And that's what I think we'll get into with the episode. Absolutely. I completely agree. And let's go ahead and hop into this episode. GT with the first question. Yeah, guys, straight off the bat, just... A lot of people kind of look at toxicity and in general and the same traits we would consider toxicity or toxic. What are potential toxic traits that come out or grow in friendships? I would say the first one that comes to mind for me is uh, dishonesty because especially like when you're in your 20s, I, I noticed like when I was about to go into my 20s and when I like left high school and when I was in college, I had a lot of friendships that were I was able to hold on to from those times that I developed from those times out of proximity. 
And sometimes I would develop them just because I needed like somebody in the class or something, or I just met somebody at a party and I would maybe have like instinctive reactions about these people, but I wouldn't be honest with them or I really wouldn't be honest with myself about how I felt about these people. That's the big thing is being dishonest with yourself. Friendships have a lot to do with values. And so if you're dishonest about the kind of values that you think other people have and you lie to yourself about it, then it can eventually lead to a point where the friendship becomes toxic because your values don't align. And so as a result, the behaviors they exhibit are toxic for you. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Connor. That's a fantastic answer. The one that came to the first one that came to my mind is kind of people in friendships that kind of make you feel belittled or that belittle you. I cannot stand when someone's condescending to me or someone that thinks that they're better than me when we're all on the same playing field, right? It's not like there should be a hierarchy with friends and who's the quote unquote alpha and all that. I can't stand those kind of toxic friendships. I always tell people it's. I'd rather you tell me to my face than you lie. And then I find out because then you, I, you can't take that back because that will hurt me more that you lied and you hid it from me instead of telling me the truth straight up. Like that's something I, I cannot stand it. Like it frustrates me to know. And especially when you tell me something and then, and then I trust you and then you just go against what you said, or you aren't a, about it. I kind of agree more, dog. Completely agree. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm trying not to have two answers, but I actually thought of another one that I won't go into too much detail about. But another one I think we can all relate to is how they talk, how some friends talk about their other friends and like how Loyalty. they share about other people. Loyalty, it's which is loyalty. what I'm, which is what I'm I, I'm curious about that with with how you guys what kind of role do you think loyalty plays with toxic friendships because i think that a lot of times if you are friends with somebody and they you know that they've been friends with i don't know some other acquaintance that you maybe you're not familiar with but like you know who they are even somebody you know and they're like trash talking them i i know that you're going to be frustrated with people like that frustration conflict all of that is completely inevitable it's not it's not about that it's more about the choices that you make with talking about that stuff and the level of candor that you exercise with how you're going to share that information. And I think it's very obvious when people don't do that, that that can lead to a toxic friendship. So I think loyalty plays a big role in letting toxic friendships fester. What kind of role do you guys think it plays and what line should you eventually draw for yourself where loyalty maybe to somebody who you've grown apart from or loyalty to just any kind of friend what where is that line for you it's tough because oh my god i've had some people that i've known for years and then when i find out that they lied to me it kind of makes me start to really think about before like okay you did it but we are supposedly this close after this long but you felt like you had to hide it from me for what like what's the you know the real reason you hid this from me what's on the back side of this that you're really hiding it from me for it's something that i can't have it I mean, i will not have it mm. in my life because like we talk about life is too short and i don't want my life and i feel like that's also the belittle thing it's one of those okay you hid it from me because what i'm not am i not good enough or is it something you trying to hide it from me 
because you don't think I need to know. But if it affects me, why would you not tell me? Right. Like that, that will get under my skin. And it's like in this world, especially nowadays with social media, this loyalty, people can put on a front and a lot of people will put on a front. But the second that I see that you're being disloyal, no, I'm done. It's hard, especially with the longer term friendships you have with people who you have been so loyal with for an extended period of time. And then you find out that they are toxic or you find out that they were talking bad behind your back and everything. And it's a very hard thing because then when does your loyalty with this individual end? When do you decide that? Okay, I've been friends with you for a long time, but you know, at some point, I got to get out of this friendship because I can't keep sticking up for you because you're you're in the wrong. Like, there's no excuses for your behavior at this point. And for me, that line has to be drawn where I realize that I'm starting to compromise maybe my morals or what I would value in friendships just purely for this individual, almost like making an exception to the rule. And there should be no exceptions. I feel like you need to have that moral integrity of. These are the people I want in my life. And if people can't respect those boundaries for me and with me, then they don't deserve to have my attention and time. So that's something that in the past I've had to work on. And I'll be honest, I'm not proud of it, but I have been once or twice. I have been a friend that maybe was not talking respectfully about someone. And I think that's purely because sometimes I get quick to anger. And sometimes I allow that to kind of dictate how I truly feel about someone in that moment and think that that's how I feel about them overall. But, you know, sometimes it's just that quick fuse and then I'm cooled off. But yeah, that, I think that's where my loyalty kind of line has to be drawn, Connor. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I don't want to repeat your answer because that was a brilliant answer and I I completely relate to the line. It's it's definitely where you... The, the line is when your values are crossed, basically. That, that That's the gist of it, just like you said. I will also say that I I am a people pleaser and I know that I can be, and especially in my past because I just wanted everybody to like me. Sometimes people would exhibit toxic traits and I would emulate those toxic traits to get them to like me without even realizing that I was doing it. So they might talk bad about somebody that I actually truly care about, but when I was younger, I cared so much about being liked that I would... I wouldn't necessarily say that, oh, they're shitty, but I would never challenge them or disagree with them. And I think that is a toxic trait in of itself. But I, I know we'll, we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, I, I I think you guys both hit it on the on the money. I think there's a line that you have to draw with the type of person that you want to be and what kind of person do you want the people that are your that are important to you in your life what kind of people do you want to be around you know for us we're going to have families right we're going to have kids and and we're all going to lives and what kind of people do you want around those people that are going to matter to you more than anyone right and if the line is that you'd like to be ashamed for them to come around or whatnot. Even if you if you love them to death, if there's a reason why they're shamed, for example, you need to analyze that with that friendship, honestly, and decide if that's worth it for you to keep or not, or if that's a conversation you can have with that person. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And I think we just kind of touched about something where I know I said personally with my line is where my moral integrity cannot be compromised, but sometimes we make exceptions to those people. And then with those toxic friendships, at times we can almost feel like maybe we are the problem or we, we are convinced at least that we are the problem. It's not the toxic individual. It's us, right? We're the problem. 
So how do you try to stand your ground or realize that you are manipulated to believe that you are the problem in toxic friendships? Sticking firm. Sticking firm to how you think and what you think and what truly matters to you most and your morals. You have to stay because that's your foundation. And if you can't stick firm to your foundation, then maybe your foundation isn't strong. But once your foundation is strong, you got to stick strong to it. And I think that that's something that a lot of people are going to always not want to be the person that's in the wrong. And we can all agree that more people than not would rather put it on somebody else than own up to it. That's just unfortunately the case in society for the most part. And it's very sad. And it's something that's not progressive. It's only negative and doesn't bring us a step further, but a step back. And it's something where you have to just be firm in your morals and you have to really, you know, experiment and know yourself in and out and know what you did and really think about it. And don't let that grow and fester and let all these outside influences no, what does your heart, what does your heart and your mind tell you? Like, what does it really say? Because that's what, how you truly feel, what you truly can get behind. And don't let anybody else get inside here because there's only yours and only one heart. And that's your heart that controls you and how you think. Let that be yeah. what determines not with all these outside things Boom. come into your own. Love it. Yep. I like that, GT. That was great advice, man. Stay true to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'll take a a bit of a different approach because I'm not going to one up that approach. I I think one thing that I realized about not just toxic friendships, but, you know, this this kind of stuff can apply to relationships, too, um, which I'm sure we could do another episode on. But we'll stick with the friendships. One thing that I realized about the friendships uh, is I was never satisfied or happy or content with where I was with that person. I was always trying to make something better and I was always trying to improve something. And I'm not saying that when you're with people that you care about that you're not trying to constantly improve. That's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you're trying to improve it from a point of like dissatisfaction, not from a good content point, but let's just make it better for positive sake. No, it's like you're trying to explain away the negative or you're trying to make excuses for them, or for, for example, just so you can be satisfied with this person. I, I found often that when I realized that I was at that point with somebody and I was objective with how I felt, that's when I stood my ground and I realized that I wasn't happy in the friendship because of who they were, not because of who I was. I basically, in a way, I had to listen to what GT is saying, but I had to listen to my own um, voice and I had to listen to my own reactions without even maybe understanding what my reactions were at first. Because my reactions were I was never happy with hanging out with them. I was never happy with how it ended up. And it was just, I was always like feeling weird and I wasn't myself. And I never questioned that until I got to the point where I realized that I was the one that was being manipulated and I I couldn't do it anymore. And I couldn't live that kind of friendship anymore. Yeah, it's perfect. Both fantastic answers. I think the thing that really helped me realize that I'm being manipulated and this is something I pride myself on is that this is something that I like to believe is that no matter who I'm hanging out with in terms of my friends or anything like that, I am the same Tanner with each person. I don't have these different personalities 
of where I have to act a certain way around one friend versus other friends. And I know people that are currently some of my friends that they have these different personalities and they act differently around certain groups of people. And I personally don't understand that because then at what point are you being genuine or disgenuine? And it's almost like a facade you're putting up to, to almost fit in. So yep. when I have to stand my ground is when I realize I'm not truly being my authentic self because I don't want to have to pretend that that's so much energy. I don't need to tiptoe around who I am as a person purely for this person who clearly isn't bringing me as much satisfaction as they used to in a friendship. So that is my short answer is that whenever I have to start compromising who I am and I have to start acting differently around this person versus other people, that that's when I have to realize that I'm being manipulated and that I'm actually thinking I'm the problem when I'm not. Love that. That, that wow. We all gave really good answers on that one. That is a, it's a very tough field to navigate this topic. Like I, like we were all saying at the episode and something I was saying, we all, we all are going to have our experience with this kind of thing, some kind of toxicity with your friendship relationship, or even in your family too. I wanted to talk about family a little bit and kind of shift gears from the more, not necessarily personal, but I, I wanted to shift gears to something that I think can have to do with toxicity and kind of has to do with relationships in general. And I think, I think it'd be interesting if we did an episode on this too. I'm not sure if you guys have ever looked into attachment styles before. So basically there are four types. There's anxious, avoidant, disorganized, and secure. So these attachment styles are basically formed based on the type of relationship you had with your parents and your family. And they affect your friendships, your relationships and companionships with people in like every aspect of your life. So for example, if your parents are very nurturing, but they're also very firm, you're going to have a secure attachment style, which means that you know how to set boundaries with people, but you know how to be empathetic towards people. If you have an anxious attachment style, you might've had parents that were there for you, but not at every point. They were inconsistent with their love. So that means that when you are in relationships with people, maybe you're like me, where you're a people pleaser, for example. So do you think that lack of understanding, what do you guys think about attachment styles? Have you guys ever heard of it before? Do you, do you guys know what this is about? And do you think that maybe trying to understand our attachment styles could maybe be a reason why some people don't understand the toxic traits that they develop? Because you you don't choose the type of attachment style that you develop because you don't choose your family and you don't choose your parents. You're born into that stuff, right? So if you develop this attachment style, it's not your fault, but understanding your attachment style can allow you to understand maybe some of the things that you might tend to develop so you can develop coping mechanisms and, and habits and strategies to avoid that. I think it's definitely, it's very true. I had parents that were very firm, but they were very nurturing, right? So it's helped me out. It frustrated me when I was a kid, because it frustrated me to no end that they were strict on me, I was pretty blessed. So I cannot complain. But I would get frustrated because I'd say all my other friends, that parents, you know, would let them just do a couple of things. And I feel like they learned some different things that I didn't learn until later. But at the same time, you never know. I could have been in a really bad situation at a really bad time. You just, you never know. So, but it's one of those to where I'm very appreciative for my parents. I think it's something that, and absolutely some people should look at, because that's what it all starts at. Growing up, you're with your family, your family dynamics, how people treat each other, how people go about different situations. That's your first real 
experience and situations and how you carry yourself and what the influence is and how you're thinking. And that's, that's the first part. Yeah, my take might be a little bit different than the two of you. I feel like it's useful to a degree, but really, I don't think people need to know the attachment styles as much as it is just being more understanding of how your family and your environment influences you a lot more than you think. And just realizing that, you know, as kids, obviously, well, you can't wait to get out of the house. But as you get older, you realize maybe there was some toxicity within your, your parents and how they raised you. And so if you're starting to you, maybe you need to have some of these self-evaluations and think, okay, my parents did this and I didn't really like that, but ooh, I have that trait within myself. So I should probably take a step back from that. So it's all about just being aware. I think it's cool for people to research and look into these attachment styles and see how that can uh, contribute to who you are uh, presently. But I think it's also just, just being aware of, of your environment and how your environment truly impacts you all the way through adulthood and um, just being mindful of that. I think it all starts like from there, but I don't think it's the end all be all. Right. You know, like I totally agree. I think it's just, it all starts like your foundation and how you interact. Oh, sure. Sure. I I, I don't disagree with that. But as you get older, I mean, how, how long do you need to interact with your family before you know your own self? So, but I totally agree. I have a different perspective from you. I really think people should look into this. I know for me, knowing that I have an anxious attachment style makes sense because I know what my tendencies are without even realizing that I have those tendencies. I don't think that it helps you maybe take action necessarily because you still have to take action and you still have to do things about this and you still have to take tangible steps to maybe you know you know understand like where you come from with this and it it doesn't it doesn't help maybe to take tangible steps and tangible action but for people who i think are in a stage where maybe they're not ready to take action they're too scared but maybe they want to understand something about themselves i think this is a cool thing to try to understand because there's a lot of tendencies that you might exhibit as a person and not even realize. And a lot of it can come from your attachment style. It, it, it's, there's not it's like the most, the least common attachment style is actually secure attachment style, funnily enough, which is obviously the most healthy, but unfortunately parenting is very difficult. And so a lot of people just aren't able to exhibit that as a parent, probably because they also weren't secure people or secure individuals so they find it difficult it's all about it it all starts from where you where you came from and it's not about it isn't about where you come from because it is about where you end up you can make something of yourself and you can be successful regardless of your attachment style it's not what i'm saying but i do think that understanding your tendencies for relationships with people and what you tend to do or where you where your brain might tend to go can help you to eventually figure out what type of actions that you need to take so that's that's my perspective i i think you can take tests you can go to a psychologist and they'll do a test on you and they'll tell you what your attachment style is no, I like that. I think I can definitely see each point of view and perspective. I really do. And I think that's what's so beautiful is everyone has all those different situations and everyone has different parents and everyone's going to have the different growing up and everything. So, but it something that comes to my mind a lot, especially first thing when I saw this toxicity in friendships is like I said at the very beginning is 
cutting people off. And I wanted to ask you guys because Tanner knows that I, I've been I've cut quite a couple of people off, but I, I want to see more into you guys and see have you cut someone off due to you wanting to become the better person that you know you can be and would be without this person? Like, how did you feel initially after that? And like, how did you feel a little bit after that? I was fine. That makes me sound so rude, but I, I just growing up, moving around so much, I kind of had to learn to cope with cutting people out of my life unintentionally. So for me, my perspective is going to be different than you guys. If I hit my breaking point and I feel like that the friendship is beyond the point of repair, I've tried and tried and it just comes to the point where I'm no longer happy, then I can't and I don't feel any regret about ending that friendship and I shouldn't if I'm doing it for the better of myself then that that's all it should boil down to I shouldn't necessarily be worried about the other person because obviously I try to at least work on their traits with my personal relationship with them and if they're not willing to control that they're clearly not going to be able to control how they treat other people in their life too so it's not like I'm I'm trying to help that person change themselves. And if they're not willing to change themselves, then I shouldn't feel guilty at all. So I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with is that they feel guilty, especially with a long-term friendship of leaving someone they've known for so long. But if you've tried and you've hit your breaking point, in my personal opinion, you should not even feel remotely bad at all. And, and that's it. So that's my opinion. I'm curious to see how the two of you handle this. Yeah, I mean, I th I think... We can definitely come up at that from different perspectives because I've lived in the same place my whole life. I've known a lot of the same people my whole life and yeah. I've grown up with the, these people, you know, so having to cut out some of them or realize that we grew apart, it depended on, it definitely, number one, depended on the length of time with the friendship and it also depended on the uh, level of depth in the friendship so for those that i might have been like acquaintances with them for a long time but then we just grew apart and i didn't even want to talk to them that was easy right or like even if i only knew them for a short amount of time but i wasn't deep with them or whatnot or i was really deep and then we just fell off like it's fine but when it's like a long-term deep friendship with somebody where we were there for each other and i remember them being there for me i think the thing that i, w I was happy and I still miss them, but I know I'm better off without them, so I don't regret it. I just felt guilt because I, in my head, I had a vision for who this person is, but I had to come to the conclusion that that's not who the person is, that's who the person was. And so that's what helped me break away from that, is a lot of the times in terms of loyalty, which is why I wanted to talk about that, and in terms of cutting people out, you kind of hold on to who the person was and maybe what they did for you in the past, which is important to an extent. And I do think it's important to not forget like where you came from and not forget the people who maybe helped you get there. You don't want to be like, oh, screw them. I don't need them anymore. Like you, you want to be grateful for maybe who helped you get you to where you got to go. But, you know, GTS said it before. Not everybody who, who comes with you is going to stay with you. These people, you you maybe met them at a time when you weren't exactly your full self or you weren't yourself at all. They might have been there for you when you were in a rough spot, but now maybe you're becoming a better version of yourself and they like to live in toxicity. You don't like to live in toxicity, for example. So you're holding on to maybe how they helped you when you guys were both toxic, but now that you're trying to better yourself and they're not ready to do it, you got to do what's best for you. 
that's how I felt about it when I eventually did it. And as I said before, the person I'm specifically thinking of, there's been several people, but the closest one, it felt good. I did not miss them. And I have cut them out of my head completely. I thought I would get those kind of responses. And it's it's <laughs> funny. It's funny that you guys talk that way. And I think you guys would find it very interesting that as a child, my parents always told me to always forgive, forgive and forget. And that when I, the older I got, the more that didn't sit well with me because why am I supposed to forgive every single person for every single thing that they do? Why, why do I owe them that every single time? whether they make a mistake or like whether what however the mistake is i have to forgive everything and i know in the bible says forgive i find it so hard sometimes but god also talks about love thy neighbor like yourself but for me if i cut you off because i'm one of those i put my everything into people if i consider you my best friend i'd die for you I'll do anything for you. And I've told Tanner this so many times. And Connie, you can ask him. I told Tanner, I'd take a bullet for him right now. I would. I'd take it like that. Because that's how, like, how much I feel for those that I really care about. And my girlfriend, love of my life, I'd do anything. I really would. If I'm gone, I'm gone. But it's one yeah. of those where if I cut you off, don't even hit me back up. Smell you. Don't even think about it because it's smell you because I'm not dealing with it. I will not let that come back into my life because guess what? Nice. Not everybody that comes with you can go with you. Steve Harvey said it and it ain't going to happen now. And trust me, when this train is taking off and this ship sailed, you get your ass to swimming and guess what? You ain't going to make it far because all them sharks are going to get you. All that toxicity that you were doing will bite you in the ass. The thing that stuck with me with Connor's response is I. I think he said it, but just in a different way is how with someone that's toxic in your life, you're clinging on to your perspective of that individual versus what they, who they actually are. Because especially in long-term friendships, we obviously think of the best qualities of this person, right? Why, why would we be friends with someone who we don't even like? So a lot of times when it's hard to separate yourself from long-term friendships and toxic friendships, it's because you're clinging on to the perspective of who you think they are and your perspective of them versus the, the reality and the true perspective of them themselves. So um, both excellent responses. Just to quickly wrap up the episode here to kind of have a part B to this question, how, how do I say this? What advice would you give to people who maybe are in these toxic friendships and don't know how to get out of them and they, they want to better themselves, they want to get out of this toxic friendship? What is your advice to those people right now? GT? Stay true to yourself. And if it's something that goes against your morals, something that you don't believe in, and something that if it gives you a bad feeling, go with your gut. Because guess what? Your heart will never lead you astray. Your heart will always lead you in the best way that you believe in. So don't stay firm in what you believe and what your heart says. Because the second that you let all that inside come in and lead you astray into a different path, then you're not being the genuine, wholesome you, and then you're going to have to pay the consequences and the repercussions of that. Yep. So stay strong, and if it's not it was something that you believe and it's something that you don't think that's going to benefit you, that you know deep down it's not going to help benefit you, 
let it go. Cut that off. Cut that string and let them sink. Good answer. What about you, uh, Connor? Mine, a great advice, GT. Um, mine is more a little more specific because I'm an overthinker, and I'm preaching to the overthinkers, the ruminators, the anxious individuals who maybe are listening to this. The best way I can summarize my advice is to do a trial run. What I mean by that is when you're around somebody so often and you have these feelings that you want to do something better for yourself. I remember when I wanted to get away from it, I had to do, I, you know, I don't like to lie. I like to be honest, but I had to maybe tell a lie. I had to tell a few lies to this person so that I could get some space and maybe do a trial run of how I felt away from them and how I felt I was when I was away from them. And if I was happier when I was away from them and I tried to find solace in solitude so I could figure out how I really felt about it. And when I took my trial run and I realized how much happier I was and I didn't want to go back, that's when I knew I needed to go. And so then I needed to just make a clean break and give it to them straight. And if it was ugly, then at least I'd rather it be ugly for 10 seconds than it be prolonged ugly for three months or three years or however long it takes you. So I took a trial run and saw what my life was like without said toxic relationship. And I felt that I was happier. I didn't need to question that or think about that too much. I just knew I was happier. So then I cut it off clean after that. Yeah, no, both uh, fantastic answers. The only thing I will add to what the two of you have just said is that, as I previously have mentioned, you really need to focus on your moral integrity. And if you feel like you're not being your true, genuine self around the individual, you feel like you need to change who you are just to feel comfortable around the individual. That's when you need to really reevaluate that friendship because you should not compromise who you are just to be around someone that clearly you're not truly being yourself around. So I would just say do that. Connor's trial one is a fantastic answer as well. And GT's answer is fantastic. So I think all three of us have different perspectives on this episode here, toxicity and friendships. However, it's one that we can all relate to. We've all gone through it. We probably will all go through it. And a lot of key takeaways here. So with that being said, I think this is going to conclude this episode of the Let's Talk 20s podcast, Toxicity and Friendships. I appreciate you guys listening to yet another episode. You guys can find us on Instagram and find us at our handles. GT is GT underscore Fletch. Tanner is underscore Tanner Perry underscore. And my handle is Connie Lawson 97. If you guys want to find us on Instagram. Again, guys, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts at Let's Talk 20s Podcast. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you guys tuning in to yet another episode. I hope you have a great rest of your week. And until the next one, peace. Bye.